This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Jasmine, of Sweet Simple Vegan on Instagram and her website, sweetsimplevegan.com. She's a plant-based nutritionist and a lifestyle blogger who started her blog simply to share recipes, but now has transformed it into a platform all-encompassing her mission to inspire others to live a life of positivity and consciousness. She strives not only to provide education on veganism and topics regarding food and health, but also on the importance of self and community connection, positivity, as well as mental and spiritual health. Her blog is progressing alongside her own personal journey, and the topics covered and stories shared bring light to that. I'm so grateful to have Jasmine here today. She's been a friend of mine for several years, and I'm really, really proud of her growth. Hi, Jasmine. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm really happy to have you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. And I know you guys are on a road trip right now up north. So where are you guys headed? Yes. So we are headed to Portland, and then after we're going to head to Seattle. Portland. It's our first time in Portland, so oh my gosh. I'm really excited. <clears throat> I think my parents were there recently. and um, Or no, my parents were in Seattle, actually. Um, traveling and um, yeah they had a blast but it's pretty good for like pretty slow food options and like vegan options and stuff so I'm yeah looking forward to see all the stuff you post on your Instagram <laughs> from all of your fun there so today I'm really excited to get into some of your relationship with food um, and explore some of the things that you've been through with food to get to the really healthy sweet and simple vegan place that you are at right now. So thank you so much for being here. You currently live in Los Angeles, but where did you grow up? I actually grew up in the same house my whole life. I'm still living in it now. I've been in LA for almost 24 years. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Awesome. So, um, and I know you come from a cultural background as, as do I, I'm, you know, half Iranian And um, that's played a huge part in my relationship with my food and my family members. And I know for a lot of people that do come from a culturally diverse background, that can be something that's pretty important. And it becomes sort of, it shapes our relationship to food, culture, socializing, as well as our family time. So what type of foods did you grow up eating and what was your relationship to food like? Um, I actually grew up eating a lot of Filipino food and Ecuadorian food as well. Um, my mom was born and raised in the Philippines, and then my dad was born and raised, raised in Ecuador. So I had like a wide array of foods and a lot of different favorites that I grew up eating. Um, a lot of those um, foods are actually heavy in animal products, animal byproducts. And I don't know, like for me, coming from there is really hard to go vegan, but now, of course, I would never go back, but I just wanted to highlight that part because I know people say that giving up their cultural cuisine is like a really hard thing to do, um, but it's doable. I did it. Totally. Um, and we we're able to actually veganize a lot of the cuisine as well, which is awesome. My relationship with food, I mean, 
as a, a kid and even in my teenage years, I never had a negative relationship with food. It actually came uh, when I was 18 and I moved to college and that's when I struggled with an eating disorder. But prior to that, I wouldn't say there was anything that I need to touch on or mention. I can't really remember any negative aspect of it. So your eating disorder started while you were in college. And for those of you who are interested in reading about Jasmine's full history um, and her full bio, I will leave a link to that in the show notes and you guys can check that out. But looking back at it now, what do you feel like was the true mental root of this progression and how did it begin? Well, for one thing, um, when I moved out to college, uh, it was my first time being away from home. Mm -hmm. Um, I was never allowed to sleep over people's houses um, growing up. So I I don't know. It was just a big change for me. And I I don't know. I just felt a lot of pressure socially. I wanted to be the perfect student, the perfect daughter to my parents. I wanted to, yeah, be the perfect person overall, whatever that even is. But um, and with everything going on and me starting to have to, I guess, control my own life and take care of myself for once. Um, it kind of just felt like everything was getting out of control. And, um, for one thing, I felt like food was the only thing that I could really control. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I really got into that. Um, I felt like I needed to, of course, have like the perfect body image and blah, blah, blah. And that's, yeah. So that's something that I struggled with. And, I never really thought about where it stemmed from. I mean, from growing up um, until I actually came across an article to, uh, it was about two weeks ago, my friend posted about it and um, it was about the Filipino culture and how sometimes there are body shaming um, issues that are included within it. And I I don't want to talk anything bad against the culture. I mean, I love, Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, the article just talks about how, Growing up, the woman who the woman who was writing the article, she was talking about how her aunties, her I guess her parents, and a lot of her friends and family um, in the Philippines as well as those here in the United States um, would just make little comments here and there. And I just started to realize how like I don't know how like that was to my childhood, and I never really put it together. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk any, of course, neg- negative things against my family, but just little things how people say, "Oh, you're like you're so skinny," or oh, you're getting fat or this, this, this. And I think like the perfect body or what they envision to be perfect is like stick skinny. Um, And they kind of just tried to ingrain that in our minds growing up. And so I don't know. I I think I could definitely correlate that with everything that went on. Absolutely. Later on in my life. That makes a lot of sense, you know, and I, I, I work with a lot of dancers on a, for my job as a professional dancer and a choreographer and growing up in the dance industry, it is something that I saw a lot of, and I've seen a lot of parents put pressure on their kids to look a certain way and how that can be really damaging down the line because it's literally teaching the, the kids that your worth and your, you know, ability or the, your lovability or the ability for someone to love you is based on your appearance and what you look like. And especially for girls that are doing dance competitions and being judged consistently, it's something that can kind of make them self-conscious and they feel like they need to look a certain way or act a certain way in order to be loved and to be appreciated. 
And I just feel like it's something that affects us all. I feel like with the rise of social media, people have become a lot more conscious of their body image, but maybe not as conscious of how it affects them and their choices and how they present themselves and how they really take care of their mental health and what that might be doing to other aspects of their life. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I mean, I feel like social media in one one way is positive because a lot of people highlight their stories and tell people about their body image issues. And and I don't know, it just gives a lot more encouragement to young girls not to fall down that road. Um, But then there's a different side of Instagram where people are just like, there's different models and whatnot, growing their accounts off their bodies, I should say. And I feel like that gives a bad, I don't know, a bad um, message to young girls as well, because those people obviously are building their accounts and their careers off of their body image. And so I don't know, it just depends where people fall in on Instagram. And I'm trying my best to encourage people to take the positive route. Um, But it's difficult. We can't control what people are seeing on their phones. Right. The perspective that I know that I've taken to heart over the past several years and just through all the things that I've experienced in my life is that everybody looks different and everybody's unique. And I feel like the great thing about social media is that we get to celebrate all those uniquenesses. We get to see those uniquenesses. And it gives us an opportunity to appreciate that, but also appreciate our own unique aspects of ourselves and see how maybe we, we do look different to other people and see that as something that's not good or bad, but just that is and see that beyond that really that we are the spirit that lives with inside of our bodies you know and we get to experience you know sort of like the universe experiencing jasmine or victoria like we all get to experience ourselves and our growth and our life and i think it's just so important to be able to love ourselves and love other people and learn not to judge because a lot of things can stem from that that Um, can be negative down the line. So in regards to what happened with your eating disorder, um, there are a lot of young women and men who come to veganism with a negative past relationship to food. And although you didn't necessarily have a negative relationship with food when you were younger, how do you feel like while you were in college that sort of imbalance maybe of a relationship to food started to progress and how did how were you learning to develop coping mechanisms well in in regards to my family um they hadn't seen me for maybe three or four months when it when I was at my worst so they didn't really know what was going on Mm -hmm. and they weren't able to help me cope or yeah like give me any advice or make comments about what was going on um and I didn't really want to tell them about it of Mm -hmm. course and I did have some friends that would kind of mention things, but they didn't want to be too forward or rude, um, whatnot. And so that kind of drove me to just isolate myself from everybody. Mm-hmm. And that was the only way that I was able to attain the sort of lifestyle and routine that I had developed. Right. Um, but it wasn't until I moved back home where I was able to get the, get the help and encouragement from my family that I needed and my friends from home as well. Um, so just getting out of that whole environment is what helped me the most. And also veganism. I mean, I found veganism initially to lose weight, unfortunately. And I did find it when I was at a bad time in my eating disorder. Mm-hmm. I into it and I started to realize how positive the lifestyle was. I started to realize how it wasn't a, just going to be something about myself. It was about so many other aspects in the world. And 
I don't know, it kind of inspired me to make a lifestyle change. And from there, everything just started to go up. And um, it took a while, but I regained my health. I regained but my mental and physical health. And I started to be who I was again. I was back to normal. And veganism played a huge role in that. Right. Uh, I can definitely relate to your college story and stuff. I remember for me, when I left home um, for the first time, when I went to college, it was like my daily regime was go to class in the morning, have lunch, and then go to yoga and dance at night. And it was like pretty regimented. And I remember, and I'm, I remember I got so so disciplined with my yoga practice and it's like although it's such a wonderful thing to have a yoga practice and you know have the lifestyle that I did of eating you know healthy foods it was taking away from me being as social as I could have been and yeah I remember those times where it was just like my friends being like you know what it's okay if you don't go to yoga tonight like you're not gonna be like it's the whole world is not gonna fall apart and I hadn't realized because you know my yoga instructors had always told me like it's a daily practice like you need to go to class every single day and I did you know for the first several years of my practice but it was when I think those things which are meant to help our lives be better become an obsession and we lose track of like oh these are supposed to be helping me be more balanced so that when I go into social situations and enjoy these different aspects of my life I can apply the gifts that they offer not let it turn into something where it's like oh it's not perfect enough it's not perfect enough it's not perfect enough type of a thing and um you know I think in that situation I was just taking the instruction of my instructors at the time and you know, I know that we can probably both relate to this as well. It's like being in the vegan community, a lot of us are connected online. A lot of us are connected through social media, watching like each other's YouTube videos and our online content that's presented. And I feel like some um, of the people within the movement over the years have had a bit more influence than others, um, maybe in regards to people consuming certain amounts of portion sizes that should be appropriate or consuming things that certain times of the day or not at certain times of the day. And I think it's wonderful to hear everybody's perspectives, but it's also, I think, so important for people to do what is individually best for them and really check in with their lifestyle. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, is this actually working for me? So what were some of the things that, you know, going from being an, um, of eating or living a vegan lifestyle with the eating disorder, what sort of changes or self care, did you incorporate into your life or just whether it's just, you know, positive affirmations, whatever it may be, what type of things did you start to incorporate in your life that helped you feel more recovered or how did your approach to eating or food or your body change? Um, the, the most important change that I made was being more social, mm-hmm. um, socializing with, of course, my friends and family, but also, um, putting myself in social eating situations, that was something that I feared the most. And just for one thing, struggling with my eating disorder and also being vegan, I was very nervous, shy. I didn't want to be judged um, for the way I was eating. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want people to initially think that um, eating vegan was me feeding my eating disorder when I was actually going up from there. I was in a better time in my life. Um, So just being more social um, and also, I, I took advantage of a therapy group um, that was provided um, to me by my hospital, and it was 
with other women who are struggling with eating disorders and just listening to their stories and what they struggled with and how just relating to how, how much they struggled. And I started to just realize I didn't want to keep going down this road. I didn't want to end up struggling with this far into my life, not being able to have a boyfriend or have a husband or have a family, um, not being able to enjoy my life and the life of others. And I don't know, that just put everything into perspective. And I, that was really what pushed me to say, I need to stop what I'm doing. It's so wonderful that you had that insight and the support and that you used those tools that were available to you. That's yeah. really, really great. I feel like it's so nice to have those supportive situations and go into group settings and talk about yeah, with other people because you're just able to not feel so alone in your in your own mind or with the maybe particular experiences that you're dealing with or the issues that you're dealing with and you can see and gain inspiration from what other people are going through and how they're handling it and maybe think of different ways that we would handle those situations so um, we can grow. That's awesome. So, you know, being that you were eating in college as a vegan, how were you able to do it? Because I know I was eating vegan while I was in college and there were a multitude of things that I um, did to make it work. Um, But I know that your college also had like a vegan section in it. So was that helpful? Did you have to buy things off campus as well? Or what are some of the hacks that helped you stay vegan while you were in college? Um, Well, yeah. So my cafeteria did have a vegan section, but it was very limited. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't the most amazing food, I should say, in in regards to like inviting others who are not vegan to try vegan food. Um, But for me, it was great. Mm -hmm. It was easy for me to grab and go. Um, but something that I used in my dorm room was a rice cooker. Mm-hmm. My mom actually gave me a mini rice cooker and I don't know, in my house, a day is not complete without rice. A meal is not complete without rice. Totally. We just grew up eating that way. Yeah. And so of course I just brought the rice cooker to start cooking rice at school, but I started to realize that you could use it for so many other things. You can yeah. put lentils in it, veggies yeah. in it. You can start making like seasoned rice dishes and you can make oatmeal in it. And I don't know, it just helps so much. So I would suggest a rice cooker or even a pressure cooker because that has more variety in the recipes that you can create in your dorm room. That's so awesome. You know, it actually reminds me that when my mom was at her yoga teacher training, she had to, they stayed at like a really nice hotel for a couple, a two and a half months. And basically like, you know, they had a really, really regimented schedule. But I know that her and her roommate definitely made use of a rice cooker and they were able to make a bunch of different stuff in there (laughs) they had to like live out of the hotel room so um yeah definitely a really good um really good tool and is in regards to like buying produce did you have any um special ways that you were able to make it happen and again where did you go to school i went to school my freshman year in uc davis um So I was living in on-campus housing, Uh and I didn't have a car. I only had a bike. Um, So my friends and I would just go to local grocery stores. Like They had a Trader Joe's, and Uh they also had a co-op. So we would go there regularly to get the produce, and it helped a lot. Mm -hmm. But um, I didn't really know about the wholesale market when I was living there. I didn't even know those types of things existed or were open to the public at least. Yeah. And so when I moved back home to L.A., that's when I really started utilizing that and buying more things in bulk um, and learning that I could save money that way. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I could say I wasn't the best at budgeting, 
my first year of college because I didn't really know what I was doing. But later on, I started to figure it out. So in LA, what are the top markets that you would recommend to go shop at for wholesale as well as finding good produce that's good quality but affordable as well? Um, I definitely would recommend the LA wholesale produce market. Um, you can find a lot of good quality produce there, organic produce also. Mm-hmm. And um, what's cool is like, uh, depending on the season, you can find a lot of different things. And also, I would just suggest to people, of course, to shop by the season. Yeah. Um, whatever's in season is always going to taste the best. And I started to realize that. And that's what I would buy a lot of. Um, and at the wholesale market, sometimes when fruits are really ripe, they sell it for you for really cheap or sometimes even give it to you for free. Mm-hmm. So that helped a lot. Um, and then just making use of like Costco for bulk items like rice and beans you can even go to Whole Foods and Sprouts to get bulk items because they have bulk bins at both of those markets. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would definitely recommend Sprouts over Whole Foods. So, you know, as we learn our pitfalls and habits, this allows us to use our gift of our awareness. And this realization that we can have the capacity to change can be a tool for our growth. As we mentioned before, your relationship with your family was a little bit strained when you started to change your lifestyle. And this is something that I can slightly relate to. I feel like my family was pretty supportive and they were just kind of like, okay, you need to do this, do your thing. Because they understood that I had like a past issue with digestion Um, growing up. You know, my digestive system was uh, compromised. So they were like, okay, do what you need to do. If this is working for you, that's awesome. Um, I did take it upon myself to be buying a lot of the things and I was buying my produce and my food. So that came to be my responsibility as well. My parents weren't buying my food once I was going down this journey. But, you know, sometimes our relationships can be affected in our personal life when we make those lifestyle changes, especially when it comes to diet and food. So were there any major pitfalls that you dealt with, any peer pressure from your family Um, definitely a lot of pressure to consume animal products. Um, my family is really, of course, heavy on animal products, but more so fish, um, just because of the culture. Mm -hmm. And my family just tried to convince me that fish weren't animals and it didn't matter because they didn't have feelings, blah, blah, blah. And it was just constant. And they just believed that that was necessary for your health. That was necessary for your life. And it was actually, it was really frustrating and, It got to the point where I just didn't want to go to family functions anymore. Um, I didn't want to socialize with my extended family because I just didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to have to explain myself. I felt like I was just getting, not attacked, but questioned everywhere I went. But then, I don't know, eventually I started to realize, I think it was more so with my experience with my my parents that inspired me to do this, um, just to bring my own food to the family situations, to deal with it, and just to try to inspire them to try the food that I bring. I'll bring extra food Mm -hmm. and just try to slowly introduce them to my lifestyle. I know it was a very large change from the life that they were living. And sometimes it was hard to comprehend just because of the cultural aspect of it. Um, But I think if that when I was more positive and open to people just asking me questions and not being negative um, when I was answering their questions Um, being more inviting. That's when I was able to, I don't know, just make a better change and just fix all of that pressure and negative comments that I was getting. Totally. Because they feel like most of the time it's like those family members or friends, those people in our life, they're 
we don't feel it initially because there's a lot of like maybe emotion that comes up. We feel like we're getting interrogated. I know I can relate to that a bit. And being in those family situations, family friends, um, you know, I have to say for the most part, I've had a pretty positive experience with it. There are some people that give me, tease me a little bit more than others. It's like, oh, the vegans here, you know, that type of stuff. (laughs) But, you know, I've just... I've kind of, I have to relate to a lot of what you said, you know, like approaching it from a position where you can share what you've learned, where you can share the food and just kind of like offer people that nutrition, whether it be sharing the information or the food in such a way where you're just like feeding them, um, you know, as much as they want. Some people don't want a lot of it and some people might want to try it or be a little bit open-minded to it or not, but is it something that you feel like your family is more open to now? And is it something that you feel like, you know, obviously you're able to share it with your boyfriend now, which is awesome. And um, was that something that he had already chosen beforehand or? Uh, he was actually already vegan when I met him. So that was, oh. that was easy. <laughs> he it helped a lot. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's um, really but great. in regards to my family, they're definitely more accepting of it. And my parents, it took five years, um, but they're actually a, hundred percent vegan now which is amazing <gasps> i i know it's That's awesome so good um, oh my god but i would i would definitely attribute a lot of that to my boyfriend i don't know i just feel like the way i was eating i was very whole foods based um yeah. and that was very different from their lifestyle and i wasn't really showing them all of the vegan options that there were or vegan alternatives i should say for a lot of the foods that they were used to consuming right uh, but chris was able to introduce that to them and I feel like it's because of him that they went vegan. (laughs) That is so cool. Oh, my gosh. I know. I've been vegan for eight years now, and my parents still aren't. But they do incorporate a little bit more, um, you know, fruits and vegetables. And they're open-minded to, like, trying my food and, you know, uh, making different options, coming with me to different restaurants and trying stuff, which has been really nice because I feel like growing up to eat food with our families in a social setting is something that it's, you know— it becomes a part of our social experience and a part of our family experience. And I know that once that started to kind of go away for me, I was like, Oh, I feel so alone. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. So I feel like, you know, for people out there that are, you know, deciding to make this change or going through the process of making a healthy change, I feel like the best thing really that you can do is just be patient and like focus on your growth and just continue to like love on those people anyways. Yeah. Because yeah. Definitely the just day, they are have family. a positive attitude. Again, and it can be easy. I know. I don't know if you experienced this, but when, when we get questioned a lot about our beliefs and why we do things, sometimes there can be a little bit of a backlash and then it feels like you're arguing with somebody and you're just like, wait, but no. Okay. Like yeah. it's, it's not, <laughs> Wait. Yeah, but I don't know. In those situations, I just think I was once in their position. And totally. I like I didn't know what vegan even was until yeah. I was eighteen. Like I didn't even know it existed. Like vegetarian yep. to me was that was like drawing the line. So totally. Um, I think that that if I think about myself in their shoes, mm-hmm. I can more more understand like where they're coming from. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's um, I know that I'm not too much. I feel like my type of activism is. Mm, I mean, I don't know, maybe even like true activists wouldn't even consider what I do as activism, but I feel like I'm not necessarily one to, you know, stand in a crowd of people and like hold up a sign. I'm really more like 
very individual with the people in my life, you know, especially with yeah. dance students that get to really see how I live and how I'm able to perform on an in out, in and yeah. out, like day in, day out basis. They see and, you know, I'm able to bring food and share it with them. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is really good. And then they'll come to me telling me stories like, I ate raspberries today or whatever. <laughs> and it's just like I oh feel God, I like it. I'm able to make more of a positive change that way. And for me personally, yeah. like I totally respect anybody who's involved in any level of activism. I feel like as if it's coming from a place of raising awareness and standing up for your beliefs. I just think for me personally, it's been um, a really fine line um, in regards to – I just feel like I've seen so many of the protests kind of get violent and kind of get uh-huh. unsafe. And I feel like that's not something that I'm interested in kind of contributing my energy yeah. to. So, um, but I totally have respect for people standing up for their causes. I just think, you know, the way that I choose to do it and the way that I choose to interact with people in my life is my activism. And it's maybe a yeah. lot more subtle of a form, but I feel like it, it is pretty impactful. So. Yeah, I would 100% agree because that's how I feel as well. I mean, it it honestly depends on the person. I mean, it's yeah. not my personality to do that sort of activism. Right. And I feel like I'd feel uncomfortable in that I was just kind of being someone else or like, I don't know, conveying like a different personality that wasn't really me. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing is different forms of activism affect people in different ways. Like right. some people are definitely touched and affected by um, protests and whatnot, but there's other people that when they see something like that, like that, they're immediately just, just block it out of their mind. They don't pay any attention to it, you know? And, um, there's other people that appeal more to the way that you're doing it, the way that I'm doing it. And I think that everybody is doing the right thing. Everybody has their own way of sharing the message and that's awesome. Yeah. I I do think it does because there are certain even ways that I think um, certain activists like Gary Yarovsky, it's like his approach is totally different. And he's been able to reach a lot of people through his uh, message and his speech about veganism. And I know like Mm -hmm. him being I think he is from Israel or um, it's had a profound effect on the audience and the population in Israel in regards to people transitioning to eating more plant based. And it is like I don't think I would be ever like, I don't know if I would ever say the same speech that he would give or be able to, you know, say it his way. But I'm just grateful, again, that there are um, people within the community that are promoting. My God, my mom just like randomly decided to pop in. She's she's (laughs) videotaping me through the window. Oh, my God. Hi, mom. <laughs> so random. So oh my god, I didn't realize she was going to do that. <laughs> Anyways, um, everybody's doing their part, and I think that that's the awesome thing that we all have our different perspectives. We all have the recipes that work for us. We all have the different um, ways in which we decide to. She's being so distracting right now. We all have the different ways in which we. Ex- celebrate our veganism and are able to share that with other people and it's been such a gift to be able to connect with people like yourself and so much of the vegan crew that's in southern california at fruit lux i know like we've been seeing each other there for years so it's and it's always just such a good pure fun time you know like everybody's coming doing like acro yoga some people are chilling and eating fruit some people are going like swimming in the ocean 
but it's just really yeah, it's, good vibes. It's always good so people. Always so food. positive. Always good food. Yeah. <laughs> most importantly, right now, not most importantly. <laughs> I feel like the the people are really really important, but the food is definitely like it's it's nice to be able to really eat outdoors like whether it's just a vegan potluck or like a, you know a fruit luck where people bring a bunch of fruit and share it it's nice to be able to enjoy food in an outdoor setting where we are eating food more close to a setting where it naturally exists in a beautiful environment yeah, it's a very def- different experience than going to a restaurant which is always nice you know from time to time but i feel like it's so nice to be able to have those occasions where we all gather together and are able to eat under an open sky and um, enjoy all of the people around us and the nature around us and really eat in that environment as well. <laughs> okay, I'm going to shut up now. Okay, so moving on to the next question. Um so you currently have over 160,000 followers on Instagram, which is awesome. I'm super, super proud of you for that. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> and a growing audience on YouTube. So being as present as you are on social media, this has definitely given you many opportunities to collaborate with different Instagrammers, um, be a part of different festivals. Like I most recently saw you at the Veg Fest in Los Angeles, which was huge. It was enormous oh, yeah. that was, was insane um and also different brands and i know that you've um created some t-shirts like which one was it dat has though like, yeah dat has. <laughs> with the little avocado on there so like a Haas avocado yeah. play on words with you know the other saying <laughs> <laughs> so um super super cute but which collabs do you feel like you've really enjoyed and that have been really positive for your growth and that are really memorable for you? Wow. Um, I don't know. I can't really choose one. Um, I just feel like with the opportunity to collaborate for one thing is amazing. Like I'm so grateful that I'm able to work with different companies, different people and, uh, be able to help promote vegan festivals and events in the local area so that I can draw more people to go inspire vegans and non-vegans to just experience the whole thing and be more drawn to the lifestyle. And the one thing that I can say is that it's really helped me socially. I was not really ever good in social situations and I struggled with a lot of like social anxiety, I guess I could say growing up and even with my eating disorder and um, just making a lot of, I don't know, lifelong friends. A lot of the people that I was able to collaborate with and now I'm really good friends with, I could say that I have some best friends that came from social media mm-hmm. and from my account. And I don't know. I think that's like one thing I want to highlight is just being able to meet and um, meet more people and socialize with more people and just grow as a person. I learned so much from every single person that I am able to meet and collaborate with in these situations. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I can so relate. And I, think was it recently that you did a collaboration with PCRM or Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine? Yeah, I I was actually on um, Lunch Break Live with Jane Velez Mitchell and um, they were doing their 21 day kickstart. So I was able to, I guess, teach one of the the classes because it's um, recipes, like three recipes a day. So Mm -hmm. I did a recipe demo pertaining to like one particular day in the kickstart and it was really it was really fun. That was awesome. We'll, we'll totally link that below. And for those of you who don't know, 
Um, you can find Jasmine on Instagram and YouTube as well at Sweet Simple Vegan. So those yes. links will be below as well or in the show <laughs> notes. And PCRM is the Physicians Committee for Healthy or Responsible Medicine. So, you know, these are physicians that are really, really motivated to helping people reverse things like type 2 diabetes, manage their type 1 diabetes differently, deal with things like um, overweight, hypertension, heart disease, cardiovascular disease, all of these types of things, really approaching it from a dietary perspective and help educate um, doctors and other people within the community that are dealing with these types of ailments to help improve their health in such a way where they can really improve by, okay, they can improve their lifestyle from what they're putting in their body rather than taking medications to sort yeah, of mask yeah. the symptoms. So those will, I'm sure, be some really snazzy recipes that will be really, really helpful. So um, in regards to your advice, or what is your advice to the youth who are using social media in regards to how they can use it in a healthy way and as a tool for connection and education rather than comparison or judgment? Um, well, like, like touching on what you were saying before, it's a way for people to express themselves and mm-hmm. show who they really are and highlight like their, the differences that they have, their unique qualities, I should say. Yeah. Um, and it's really awesome that we can build a community online on social media and make so many friends around the world and in our local areas. And I want people to be able to utilize that and see that there are other people who are living the life that they're living um, in regards to veganism. And I, I just, I just remember how much it helped me when I went vegan. I was the only vegan I knew when I went vegan. I didn't even know any other vegetarians. And I don't know, I was kind of discouraged at times um, keeping up with it because there was no one I could share it with. And once I was introduced to the vegan community, I found the LA vegan community online and they started doing meetups. There was Fruit Lux, like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know how I got myself to go, but I did. And I'm glad that I did because I made so many friends and I was introduced to so many amazing people. And so I, I just would say that social media isn't a platform for you to, I don't know, create a false identity or like paint an image of a perfect life or whatnot. Like, People want to see your real life, who you really are, and that's how you really get to know people. And I think that people just need to start thinking about that more when they are using social media. Totally. And in regards to your experience with your eating disorder, I mean, to any of the young women or men out there that are dealing with anorexia, bulimia, um, body image issues, what advice can you give them that helped you? And then also just how a vegan lifestyle can really help them have a healthy relationship with their body, their mind, and their spirit? Um, For one thing, I just want to let them know that they're not alone. And there's so many people that would like that love them and want to support them and help them get out of this dark place that they're in now. And it's only up from here. Um, And I know that it feels like you can never get out of it, but I just want to say that I was in a really bad place and it was because of me just stepping outside of my shell and just admitting to the fact that I really needed help with this and just realizing how much health affected 
not just my physical, but also my mental well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just started to realize how important it was for me to make a change. And I went to therapy, which was like the hardest thing for me to do because I felt like that was me admitting that I was at my worst, but it's not. It's you showing that you are recognizing the problem. You are recognizing that you need to make a positive change and that you are making a step towards making that positive change in your life. And for me, connecting with others who are struggling with what I was struggling with or who had previously struggled with it and were able to offer advice in like, as I'm doing now, um, how they were able to cope with it and get out of it and whatnot. That is what helped me the most. And um, so I would just say that isolating yourself isn't the best thing to do. Um, Reaching out to others for help. I know it's hard to admit the problem, but that's, for me, that was the best thing that I um, could have done to make a change. Absolutely. Well, I really just applaud all of the growth that you've had and I think also not comparing our journey from one person to another. I know that sometimes we, and especially when we're younger too, everybody's trying to figure out what is best for them and what yeah, they, their place in the world, right? So sometimes I feel like it is really appropriate to go to a counselor or a therapist that really is educated and knowledgeable in dealing with these types of issues so that... Yeah. You can get really sound advice, and sometimes it's helpful to talk with our parents and our family members, but sometimes they don't always have the answers as well. So I really, I absolutely advocate therapy, and I think when it's taken from the approach that you're seeing your own pitfalls and you're seeing where mentally you can change in your life and you are um, ready to really have somebody lead you down a path that is different than the one that you're on with a bit more support and give you some different tools and some different guidance. That's, I feel like, you know, having a therapist is pretty much like having a trainer for your mind. It's a really positive step. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. You know, just like people have trainers in the gym. It's really, and I think taking care of our mental health is so important. I know through my yoga practice, it's been a really, really beneficial tool to just learn how, you know, when you're in a classroom environment, there's people around you and you're looking at yourself in front of the mirror, the mind's going to wander all over the place, going to think a bunch of things. But to realize that at the end of the day or in the present moment, we are what is in control of our mind and that we have the ability to be in control of it and choose a good thought and choose something that's beneficial for us and helpful for our lifestyle I feel like this is so empowering and you know I'm so happy to see that you took the tools that were available to you and you're in such a beautiful place now where you're able to inspire so many of your followers and um, really just have those positive relationships with your family and your boyfriend and you know really importantly yourself so Thank you so much for being here, Jasmine. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. 
I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential. 